Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you. I love Easter. I really do. I love the resurrection. I love the empty tomb. I'm Pastor Joshua Kapczynski. I'm the lead pastor here at Granite Creek. We have an amazing staff of pastors. I couldn't be more proud of them. I couldn't be more proud of our volunteers, our church family that works so hard, that not only care for each other, they care for people in need here in our community and all around the world. I'm a little biased, but this is the best church in the world. I mean, man, if I wasn't the guy in the suit this morning, I would come here. I'm the only one wearing a suit today. Come on, you guys. What's going on? I want to give a special thank you to the Adage Dance Troupe. They've become great friends to our church family. And I, I love my, my, this is my own little personal passion. I love the arts. I love visual arts. I like music. I like anything that is creative. I like things that are new. I like seeing something made that has never been made before. Maybe you're like that too. You know why I like these things? Because that's how God is. God is a creator. And last time I checked, you and I were made in his image. And therefore, we too are creators. The choice is, what are you going to create with your life? You're going to create a beautiful work of art? Is it going to look like a dance? Is it going to sound like a symphony? Okay, it could even sound like a cool rock show because I like rock and roll. You can create something beautiful with your life. And this is what we are inviting you into. This is what the Lord's inviting you into. My next series coming up is going to be called The Art of Faith. Make something beautiful with your life. Make something new. It's that worship song that we sung. The other option is you just make a train wreck, and nobody likes a train wreck. Don't make a disaster. Make something beautiful. How do you do that? You do that by celebrating the birth, the virgin birth, the deity of Jesus Christ. His death and his resurrection, which we are celebrating today, And his imminent return. And his return might be a little closer than we think. So make something beautiful with your life. Time is short, folks. Time is short. Today's message is entitled, Here Comes the Sun. Yes, there is a Beatles cover at the end. And I am obviously thinking about, meditating upon, praying about the return of Jesus. Like he's going to come back. And we all have this knowledge that he will return and that he will make everything new again. We all have this 
idea that there is something beyond the grave, that death is not the final destination, that life will continue. I want life eternal with the creator of the universe, the creator of beauty, the one who has designed you and me the most spectacular creations in the universe. I know that sounds human-citric, but I'm team human. Last time I checked, I think we're pretty cool because we're made in his image. He's given us and he's created for us this incredible gorgeous planet and the jewel of this gorgeous planet is called southern california this is a beautiful place to live i love it i love what god has created The scriptures are very clear that we are to partner with the Lord. We are to steward his creation. Uh, We don't don't do a too good job of that as humans, but we can. So before we start stewarding the planet, I want to invite you to start stewarding your life. Your relationships, your soul, your psyche. Look, let's just get our act together, folks. I, I think Jesus is clear on that. We're going to be looking at today this, in my opinion, a bit of a secret, a bit of a treasure that needs to be uncovered. When I, I might even be telling you something that you've never really heard before or thought of before, a concept that might be fresh in your mind. Some of you, well, maybe, well, if you've listened to me drone on before, it might not be something new. But maybe for a lot of people, it might be a new idea, a new concept. And maybe, just maybe, if it's planted deep down inside your soul, it might bear some fruit that you've never seen before. This idea, the idea that we're celebrating today is that Jesus rose from the dead. The, the, the tomb is empty. He is risen. The next part that we see in the book of Acts is Jesus, um, he does not die again. Did you, know, did you know that? He didn't die a second time. He didn't like grow old and get married and died. Now Jesus, uh, this is going to sound kind of weird, I believe it. Not only do I believe all these crazy miracles in the Bible, not only do I believe that Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead, not only do I believe that he fed the multitudes and had kindness and compassion upon them, I believe all of those things. Not only do I believe that he rose from the dead, I believe that he left the planet, that he levitated off this globe, off of his creation, And currently, he is now at the right hand of the Father. He's in heavenly places. But the point is is that Jesus is real. He is still alive. He did not die. Do you know what that means for me? This is the big secret. This is the big mystery that I want to unpack today. You know what that means for me, that Jesus is still alive? That means he never died again. That means he is still creative. He is still active. He still cares. He can still be in a relationship with you. He's not a ghost. You can call the guy up. He'll answer. 
Do you know what else it means to me about the resurrected Jesus Christ? Is that everything that he did, all those really cool miracles, I'm going to push on your faith. You've got to believe in those miracles. This is a faith based upon a miracle. Everything in our culture, everything in our society tells us not to have faith, not to believe, to continue to doubt. Not only not to doubt miracles, but doubt the existence of God. I think it's a bad choice. I understand the doubt. Doubt's a part of the faith process. But you push through that doubt, you go deep, you go hard, and you will find Jesus there, I promise you. I have doubted. I have searched. I've gone to dark places in my mind. But Jesus was with me the whole time. He is with you in your darkest place. He's real, folks. And he is alive. So, the same Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago, his body is biologically 2,000 plus years old. He's still alive and kicking, folks, and he looks great. Everything that he commissioned his disciples to do when he discipled his disciples, he said, these signs shall follow those that believe. You're going to be able to do the stuff. Miracles will follow those that believe. That's a pretty scary statement. I'm going to give you four things that I love about our Lord and about the resurrected Jesus Christ. Maybe this will help you to unlock some of the mysteries or some of the roadblocks, some of the doubts that you might have in faith. These four things are very important to me in my life. First, is that Jesus is kind and he is compassionate. He is gentle. The psalmist talk about the person of Jesus before he was born. The Lord, our Lord, is kind, gracious, and compassionate. He is slow to anger. And rich, like rich in love. He, like, he is just bubbling up with love for you. That is Jesus. That's the resurrected Jesus. When Jesus came upon a bunch of starving people that he was ministering to, because most likely he was preaching too long. I promise I won't do that to you today. If I start seeing you starve to death or fall asleep, we'll cut it short, okay? Because there's Easter eggs to hunt and chocolate to eat. But he had compassion upon his people. His heart broke for them. And he got very practical with his miracles. It's like, we're going to provide. We're not only going to pray, we're going to respond. That's another great thing I love about this church. We pray a lot, but we respond a lot in equal measure. When Jesus saw somebody hurting, he had compassion upon them, and he healed them. Pastor Larry read that scripture from Revelation. 
saying that the bride of Christ is being prepared for the bridegroom. We did a series on this not too long ago, but for those that you don't know, the Church of Jesus Christ, not only Granite Creek, but every church that declares his name across the whole world is what we call the Bride of Christ. Don't listen to what the news says about the church. They're all a bunch of liars. The truth about the church of Jesus Christ, the way that he sees his church, is that he sees her, the church, as beautiful, as radiant, as gorgeous. I want to encourage you to do the same. So next time you see a mean tweet or a mean Facebook post about some church that screwed up something, don't, I mean, it could be true, but don't eat, don't eat that poison. Because the way that God sees his church and every church, despite her flaws, despite how many mistakes she has made, he sees her as beautiful. Song of Songs, chapter 1, says this about his bride, about the church, about God's people. He says, how exceedingly beautiful you are. Like God's talking to you when he says that. How exceedingly beautiful you are. How lovely you are. I know, guys, that might seem a little awkward. Just get over it. How exceedingly beautiful and lovely you are. And then I love this word, this this affectionate word towards us. He calls us his darlings, my darling. How exceedingly beautiful and wonderful you are, my darlings. That's a good God, everybody. He sees you like that. He sees me like that. He's so affectionate and kind towards us. Second thing that I love about my resurrected Jesus is that he is a healer. He healed throughout the whole New Testament. And I got some really good news for you today. He is still doing it today. He is still physically healing broken bodies today. I know that's a tough pill to swallow, specifically if you're not feeling good. I'm going to push on your faith. Have faith. God can heal your physical body. I know from personal experience, I don't have time to get into all my healing stories, but time and time again, God has stepped into my body and he has healed me. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Miraculous, like x-ray proof that I was physically healed. It's out there, folks. It's all around. But not only does he continue to heal my physical body, he continues to heal my emotional state. So you can be sick in your body, but you can also be sick in your emotions. My resurrected Jesus will heal your broken emotions. Guarantee it. And my resurrected Jesus will heal your jacked up relationships. Don't raise your hand. How many people have jacked up relationships right now? Don't raise your hand. Don't do it. He wants to step into your broken relationships. That is the main message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to reconcile humanity back to the God, the Father on the cross. And it doesn't just stop there. He wants to reconcile his children. So that applies to your marriages. That applies to your kids. That applies to your siblings. 
I know that there's probably some people in here that have some hard feelings towards some family members or workplace situations. Just give it over to God. He can heal that situation just like he can heal your body. You have to have faith that he can do so. I promise you that he will. The third thing I love about my resurrected Jesus is is that he's honest. Jesus is so honest. He's so real. He's going to tell you exactly what you need to hear. I have this incredible ability to tell myself to tell myself the stuff that I want to hear. There's a sermon coming on that someday, by the way. There's things that I want to hear. But Jesus isn't going to tell you what you want to hear. My resurrected Jesus is going to tell you what you need to hear. And he's going to be honest about it. He's going to be honest about the future. He's going to be honest about what we are going through. He is going to be honest about your stuff. Talked about healing. Just a little, you know, first point. John chapter 5. At the pool of Bethesda, there was a man that was crippled for 36 years and could not walk. And then the, the pool would bubble up and they'd push guys off into this pool and, you know, an angel of the Lord would heal them. It was really cool. But this guy could never make it into the pool in time. And Jesus asked him, again, there was this compassionate side of Jesus. Jesus asked him, this is a very unfortunate thing to ask, but it's true. This is why Jesus is so truthful. He asks this question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Why would Jesus ask such a thing? Because this is an important question to ask. Because some people don't want to be healed. Some people have found their identity trapped up in their illness. Their identity is being held hostage by a sickness, and they kind of like it. So you're going to have to want to be healed. You're going to have to let it go. You're going to have to let that part of your identity go. If you get attention from being sick, you're going to have to let it go. Because Jesus' attention is way better. I will say this. Pastor Josh currently has nerve damage from his neck down to his left arm. My arm is still numb. I want to be healed. I don't like how it feels. It's slowing me down. I don't like it. I'm praying that God will heal me. I'm having faith that he will. And if he doesn't, I'm going to be okay with that. He's healed me enough. He's, he has illustrated his loving kindness enough to me. I don't have to have it healed, but it would be great if I did. But I'm not going to identify with the sickness. I'm going to continue to pray for and contend for my own healing. So Jesus is very straightforward. He'll ask you questions that you might not want to answer. Do you want to be healed? When Jesus confronted the woman that was caught in adultery, the, re- the religious elites were going off of the law, off of the rule book, off the Torah, The Torah says that if anybody is caught in adultery, they've got to be stoned to death. Jesus steps in and offers a relationship over the rules. 
He looks at the guys that wanted to pull the trigger and says, if any of you ha- uh, is without sin, feel free to cast the first stone. Which Jesus is saying that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's only one person that has the right to administrate his pure justice, and that's the Lord. And Jesus says to this woman, uh, where, did all your, where did all your accusers go? Where did they go? Where are they at? Like, and, you know, in Jesus' mind, like, I actually wrote these laws, and now we're kind of changing the, the game here. But where are all your accusers at? Where are your, who's condemning you? And she's like, I don't know. They're all gone. He's like, I don't condemn you either. And then Jesus gets very truthful, and he says, you're free. Now stop sinning. Yeah? I mean, that's an honest guy. He just doesn't let her slide. He just doesn't let, oh, yeah, you can go ahead and continue to, to live that way. Back to the guy at the pool of Bethesda. Like, Jesus kind of sneaks off and comes back, and this guy is just, he's kind of like a knucklehead. And Jesus catches the guy that he just healed earlier, and he says, um, yeah, so you picked up your mat. You got to walk. You did it on the Sabbath. We broke some rules together. And just like the woman caught in adultery, he says to this guy, uh, you need to stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. That's an honest guy right there, right? Now you need to stop or something worse might happen to you. Just knock it off. In this current situation, in our current climate, in our current culture, we know that God is not the author of evil. He does not have evil plans for you. He's, his plans are to bless you. His plans are to prosper you and not harm you. Amen? Like he is looking out for you. That's why he's compassionate. He wants the best for you. It is his desire that you live life and live it to the fullest. Holy, healthy, balanced, an individual of integrity. That's God's, that's God's desire for you in your life. He wants to bless you and not harm you. And so when we find ourselves coming out of a pandemic, political turmoil, racial divisions, war, rumors of war, well, that's, that's kind of that's some scary stuff. We've gone through a long two years, a long season of not, what, not knowing what's going to happen next, of fear. Do you want to you know what I love about my resurrected Jesus? Because he says things like this. This is from the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 16, Jesus is preparing his, his disciples to go through some hard times. He's saying, yeah, you're gonna, you guys are going to get kicked out of the synagogue. People aren't going to like you anymore. They're going to start stoning you. They're not going to listen to you. Like Jesus, he knows what's going to happen. And he's kind of preparing them. And he says this. In this world, you will have trouble. Now, that does, I, I don't remember the last time I said that on an Easter service. There's not a whole lot of uh, preachers going to tell you that one on Easter Sunday. In this world, you will have trouble, okay? 
feel-good message of the year. Everybody can go home now. In this world, you're going to have some trouble. That's what I love about Jesus. He's so honest. He's going to say, yeah, things are going to get hard. You're going to go through some stuff. Life is not easy. It wasn't meant to be easy. We're dealing with the results of the fall. We've got some original sin. Not only are you broken, the whole planet's broken. So therefore, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to go through some hard times. I love that about Jesus, that he says that. Other religious leaders and gurus and self-help wannabes, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Jesus is going to tell you what you need to hear. Amen? But let me frame out the rest of this. Jesus says, I have told you these things. Verse 33, chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Like we're coming out of a dark season. I don't know if we're going into another dark season. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what this war is going to do. Come what may, if we are going through some more hard times, here is the truth of the word of God. This is what Jesus said. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. And here's the rest of it. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome this world. Maybe it doesn't feel like it, but it's true. If Jesus is stating and claiming that he has overcome the world, that he is in control, that we can have peace despite our situations and despite our circumstances, that we can live in the atmosphere of peace knowing that Jesus has got our back. In fact, he has never left us. He has never forsaken us. He's always been with us. He's always been with you. He loves you unconditionally, and he cares for you deeply, affectionately. He calls you his darling. And then the final, the final point. What I love about the resurrected Jesus. Is he's coming back. He's returning. Like that's the truth. We don't know exactly what it looks like. Coming out of the clouds, what the scriptures say. But he is coming back. Landon in the band, if I could have you come to the front. He's coming back, and just to echo the scripture that was read this morning, I have saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first earth has passed away, and there was no longer any sea, and I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, prepared as a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, 
Now the dwelling of God is with men. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away, listen, he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death, no more mourning, or crying, or pain. For the older things have passed away, the new is coming. That is what I love about the resurrected Jesus is he's promised to come back. He's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to take away every hurt, every pain. This is the promise of our Savior. It is all going to be okay, everybody. It can be okay now. You can live in peace now. You, you might have trouble. I don't know to what degree. I'm going to be just as honest with you as Jesus was with us. I don't know what degree of trouble you will face. But the truth is, if you are in him and he is in you, he will wipe away every tear from your eye. He will take away every trouble. This is the future hope of glory. This is what my resurrected Jesus has done for me and what he has done for you. He is coming, folks. Jesus, the Son, is coming. Back to the title. Here comes the Son. Are you ready for him? He is coming. At Granite Creek on Sunday mornings, we do what we call doing the stuff. We pray for people. We believe that God will heal people. We believe that transformation will take place. And I would like to pray for you now, that God will bless you, that he will bless you with healing, that he will bless your anxious states, your emotional mind. I want to pray that God will bless your relationships, that they're healthy and honest and growing. I even want to pray that God will bless your financial situation. God is a God of love, and he calls you his darling. So, normally we spend a little more time one-on-one with people in prayer, but it's Easter and you guys are starving to death. So just place your hand on your heart, and let me pray for you that God will move in your life in a powerful way. And if you need to know Jesus, if you need to know my resurrected Jesus, who is coming back someday, just say this simple prayer. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I want a personal relationship with that 2,000-year-old body that looks perfect. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. If you feel the Holy Spirit stirring in you, it's not emotion. It's the Lord moving towards you. Receive him. So God,
God, right now, I just pray for everyone that is struggling in their physical bodies. I pray that you will gently call them into healing. That you will ask them questions. Do you want to be healed? God, I pray for those that have made some major mistakes in the past couple of years where their decisions have not only hurt themselves, but have hurt others around them, and they're dealing with guilt and emotional distress for a broken relationship. God, if you can reconcile your people back to you, you can reconcile a dysfunctional relationship. God, for those of you that, for those that have no hope right now, may the God of hope begin to fill them with all joy as they begin to put their faith and their trust in you. God, I pray that you will give them a creative path to solve life's solutions that have no answers. If I could have the ushers come to the front, we're going to pass the offering baskets. If you have a prayer request, if you need it, I always want to encourage even our church family just to write something down. Let us know how you're doing. God is out to bless you this week. Just see what God can do. Thank you so much for giving back to the Lord.
Put your hands out like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn towards you in your times of need. May he be gracious towards you, filling your home with love, with peace, and prosperity. Go in the name of the Lord. Happy Easter. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. And go grab your kids and bring them back here. We're going to hunt some eggs. Go ahead.